Hello, this is Pastor Bibish, lead pastor of Green Pastures Church, coming to you with the word of the living God today. I am so glad that you are able to join. I pray that what you hear today touches you, opens your understanding to the knowledge of God, challenges you to be the best you, deepens your relationship with God, and causes you to live in victory. Let's hear the word. Today, I would like to uh, uh, go ahead and, and share the word. Last Sunday, I told you that we were concluding on our teaching on grace. Hallelujah. But, but And then I'm glad because I'm going to put a bat right there. You know where I'm going. Hallelujah. I said last Sunday that we are going to conclude on the teaching on grace. But then I am glad I added that it is absolutely impossible to say everything that we need to say about grace. And we cannot say we have concluded because everything we talk about and uh, everything about us, everything around us, everything like our base, hallelujah, our very foundation is the grace of God. Hallelujah. So during the week, as I continue my personal meditation, and also I received a few feedbacks here and there, and I am compelled once more to talk this morning on the title, The Struggle of Grace, <laughs> or The Struggle with Grace. So here we go again. We are back on grace. People of God, I, I, I strongly believe that it is imperative for us to understand the grace of God. And it's with a lot of humility that I even took on to the project on studying and sharing about the grace of God. Because I know how complex, how difficult, how easily this grace could be misunderstood, mishandled, abused. And for many, many years, I have seen people not understand the grace of God, abuse the grace of God, and yet talk about the grace of God. I pray that this is not us. And uh, I am not going to venture into some philosophical understanding of grace because it is beyond that. It is beyond that. My prayer, people of God, that after we've talked all we can and we cannot ever, ever finish or with all sufficiency, with all we are and all we have finished talking about grace, I pray that you experience the grace of God. I pray that beyond the knowledge or the intellectual knowledge of grace, you experience the grace of God and you understand that you live by the grace of God and start conducting yourself like somebody who is a beneficiary of God's grace and not entitled to God's grace. The struggle with grace, I have uh, realized, people of God, that um, as human beings, we, we tend to give ourselves some explanation on certain things that we don't understand or we pretend to master certain things in our minds and in our heads and uh, we, we, we go out there and we try to put on some masks if we cannot explain what's inside or we are too shy to show what's inside of us. But I thank God because he sees beyond the mask we put on. He sees beyond the uh, things we 
place on ourselves. He sees beyond the, the inexperience we have sometimes, even though we pretend to be experienced. He sees beyond the, 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 the challenges we have. And I believe a lot of people of God, if we are honest enough, we struggle with the grace of God. We struggle with the understanding of it. We struggle with the living by the grace of God. We, we struggle and we just have to be honest. And today I am going to share a few things that I believe the people of God struggle with grace because of those things. Hallelujah. Most of us struggle with grace. I popped in one of our life group this past week on Zoom. And uh, I listened a little while and then I moved out to go take care of something else. And one of the questions I heard them discuss and struggle with... <laughs> was if somebody falls off the grace of God, have, have they lost salvation? And I'm sure they will tackle that question. They'll bring it to the pastor. They will do whatever they need to do with the question, but I refuse to answer the question. And I would like to talk about the grace of God until you can answer that question for yourself. I think I'll play professor, then play mommy. I'm not going to hand you a candy. We're going to go to work so that what you labor for, you value and you understand better. Hallelujah. And talking with a couple of people, if it was one person, I would say, hey, maybe they just didn't get it. Let me just going to re-explain. Talked about a couple of people also during the week who somehow, somewhat, they've struggled and they continue to struggle with the understanding of grace. And I would like to reassure everyone that everybody struggles. It's not only you. You're not less smart. You're not less spiritual because there are things, if you don't understand, you have to ask. And there are things that only God can answer. Not even a person give you the understanding of the grace of God. Most of us struggle with grace because we give it an identity that is not real. We, 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 we make it a thing rather than a person. Mm. I just said something right there. Hallelujah. We make grace a thing rather than a person. You see, the more I understand Jesus, the more essential grace becomes to my faith. The, the, the more I, I seek Jesus, the more I, the grace becomes essential to my salvation. The, the more I seek Jesus, the more uh, essential is grace to my hope. Hmm. Hmm. I am not sure that uh, we can even understand faith, hope, and salvation unless we understand grace. I just said something right there again. There is no way, there is no way you can understand what is faith, what is hope, and what is salvation unless you understand grace. 
You see, until we, we look at these things with the lenses of grace, unless we, we look at these things with the lenses through which Jesus Christ sees them, you imagine your imagination of Jesus and the grace of God is incomplete. Unless you see it the way he sees it. Unless you understand it the way he understands it. Uh, and, and sometimes in our misunderstanding of grace, we have a distorted image of God. We have a distorted image of Christ. And we become religious because we have not understood the power of grace into our lives. Worse, we misuse the knowledge of grace. I don't know if I'm going to have time to talk about all the points that I have, but I will, I will try. And let me tell you, if the Lord Jesus Christ does not come back on Friday as I'm planning to, we'll be back here on Sunday and we'll talk about it some more. Hallelujah. There's, there's days of the week where I just want Jesus to be back. I know you want to live and be a millionaire. I know somebody said, I'm not married yet. He should not come. That was my thought when I was young. I said, no, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet. Jesus can wait a little bit for me to know those things. Now that I've been there, done that, Jesus, please come. What have been you waiting for? I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. A couple of things I'm going to share today. Number one, why do we struggle with grace? And I've given you the number one already. Because we see grace as a doctrine. We see it as a thing. We see it as a knowledge. We see it as something. We don't see it as a person. That's number one. You see, my old, and I'm going to confess, my old understanding of grace was uh, just a holy algorithm of biblical verses, uh, a, a thing that I did in corporate worship, some things that I did in uh, my private meditation, and things that I learned in my discipleship classes, things that I acquired in my mentoring sessions, and uh, both as a recipient and also as a giver. Hallelujah. Things that are, uh, I would say, Heretic or variable. I I I I thought I thought I understood grace. I thought I learned grace. I I, I thought I saw grace. I, I I thought I thought I studied grace. Beloved, this week the Lord has been just tearing apart my knowledge of the wrong things of grace. God has been showing it. Grace is not that word you see in the Bible. Grace is not that definition. Sometimes I came up with the Definition that I'm sure they will impress my uh, Bible school teachers, uh, but that's not grace. Uh, grace is Jesus Christ. Aish. You see, we, we have thought for so long that uh, we can get the grace of God. No, no, no. If you receive Jesus, you, 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 you are on the, you have received grace. We have made variable things, things that are not stable. We, we have made things that we can study, things that we can understand. We have made our own definitions of grace, people of God. All these definitions are great, and I've given you a few. Hallelujah, one of them. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Who is? Don't ask me what is the unmerited favor of God. You have to ask me who is the unmerited favor of God. The question is that so long we have asked what is the unmerited favor of God, and we thought is by receiving the 
unmerited favor of God, we received more houses, more cars. Uh, we received a marriage, a child. Uh, we received blessings. No, 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 no. The, the grace of God did not come to enrich us with things. Uh, he came to enrich us with God. Uh, you cannot ask the real question. is not what is the unmerited favor of God. Uh, the real question is who is uh, the unmerited favor of God? Uh, it is Jesus Christ. Unless uh, you understand who Jesus is, you have not found grace yet. Mm. My God. My God. As Christians, we struggle with grace because we tend to find words to explain grace in the Bible. Because we attempt to find verses that justify our perception of grace. Because we try to find words that justify our desire of what we would lack the grace of God to look like, smell like, and feel like. Be people of God, let me just tell you from uh, Genesis to uh, Revelation, uh, the Bible is uh, a tapestry of God's grace from cover to cover. Hallelujah. Every word highlights God's plan for redemption. Uh, every word has speaks of God's grace. From the day man fell, grace was already working to restore. People of God, the God was already at work into our lives. Grace is not something that appeared in the new covenant. Grace was working from beginning and the culmination of grace is at the cross where Jesus Christ gave his life for you and I. We cannot speak of the grace of God and ignore know what happened at the cross. We cannot speak of grace and not know the sacrifice that God made in giving his only begotten son. We cannot separate grace from Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We cannot separate grace for who he is and for what he's done. Grace is not what God gives us. Grace is who God gives us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God showed us grace. Hallelujah. God showed us grace. The word to show, it does not mean that uh, it's just something that God put in our head. Even in our mind, to show is to picture. Hallelujah. That means there is a real thing, a real image. And I am not talking about an image. I'm talking about God being able to show us grace. How did he show us grace? He showed us Jesus. I, I am going back to the basics, to the core of our belief. Hallelujah. God showed us grace. Hallelujah. Unless... We understand the truth. Everything we do is meaningless. Unless we understand the truth, everything is incomplete. Unless we understand the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at the cross, our knowledge of grace is incomplete. Unless we live 
in a way that glorifies God because of the grace of God or the cross unless we live a life that was birthed hallelujah at the resurrection of Jesus Christ we have not understood grace and the grace that we know is absolutely incomplete Jesus threw himself on that wooden beam sacrificing his life there, grace was complete. There, grace was fulfilled. There, all the promises through all the prophets and the leaders that God rose until then, their words made sense. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ made it complete for us. Grace is not a thing. Grace is not even a doctrine. Grace is a person. Grace is Jesus Christ. Will you read with me the word of God today? I'm going to read only one verse. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hallelujah. The word of God speaks to us about a high priest. In the beginning around verse 12, the Bible talks to us about the word being sharp, the word being powerful. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Piercing even to divide the soul and the spirit. This is how sharp the word of God is. He can separate the joint and the marrow. This is how powerful the word of God is. But you know what? In all its power, if you don't understand it, it can hurt you more than it can bless you. So I pray, people of God, that we have a better and a good understanding of the word of God. Hallelujah. When you understand the word, when you understand the power of the word, you understand the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you understand that we have a high priest, hallelujah, that came to materialize himself, hallelujah, into our lives, who came to, to save us from our weaknesses. Now, the, 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 the writer of the Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, hallelujah, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. This is one of a good passage that you need to memorize. Say, so let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Who is seated on the throne? Hallelujah. Who is on the throne? The God of grace. Grace is on the throne that we may obtain mercy and find help, I find grace to help in time of need. This morning as I opened my Bible and kind of read that passage again. And I say, my God, we have come shy. We have come with condemnation. We have come completely broken. We have come with guilt. And the world always reminding us how bad we are, how bad we were, the, the, the wrong place we've been, the wrong things we've done. It's, it's almost as if every day you, you need grace to, to restart. <laughs> 
Lord, help us. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ was made once. And he says, it is finished. That means whatever needed to be accomplished was made perfect at the cross. He said, it is finished. I have fulfilled my assignment. Grace has taken over and has redeemed the people back to the Lord. Hallelujah. God gave us grace. He showed us grace. He showed us Jesus. Hallelujah. So we have to come boldly. The Bible says that people of God, maybe you've been shy because of the place you've been, the things you've done because of your past. Man, some of you, even in your present, because you did not understand grace, you still walk a certain way, think a certain way, find yourself dirty a certain way, you, you compromise a certain way, you, you you feel that you know maybe I am you misunderstood grace that you know what once I am saved I can do whatever I want I can be whoever I want grace has saved me I'm just saying people of God be careful because grace is not a thing we manipulate grace is not something we put on uh, to show up in front of people grace is God grace is Jesus grace is a person That's one of the reasons I think that we struggle with grace. We think of it of something that can bring us something. We talked about the blessings of grace. These are blessings that come to us because we have grace. But those blessings are not grace. Grace makes those things possible. Grace makes the blessings of power, the blessing of inheritance, the blessing of eternal life possible. Grace makes it possible. Grace has worked so you can be saved. Grace has worked that you can be healed. Grace has been sacrificed so that you can be, you can have eternal life. Grace that has been sacrificed so that you can be picked up from the merry clay and be seated at the seat with princess. Grace has taken you from nobody to somebody. Grace has taken your name for a place of being for gotten or forbidden and has given you a name that will be written in the books of heaven. Grace has picked you up from where you fell and grace has sat you where you are today. You are who you are by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace of God. The apostle Paul says I am who I am by the grace. He's not saying that my intellect, my knowledge, because he knows he was knowledgeable. He was smart, the apostle Paul. He went to school, the apostle Paul. He could have also be called a doctor like some of us like to call ourselves today. But let me tell you, he knew that uh, all these things did not give him access. Uh, grace made him. That means Jesus made him. I, I am pleased to say that nobody made me. Jesus did. The second reason why I think we struggle with grace and that was one of my conversations this week. Because we see grace through an entitled and privileged lens. Mm. Say, Pastor, are you judging us now? No, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Hallelujah. I'm not judging. I am just saying. Grace says that you deserve a guilty verdict 
because you're guilty. But it chooses another verdict instead. I'm going to say this again. Hallelujah. The truth is a matter you're guilty. And you deserve to be called guilty and to be punished. But then grace comes to say, you are guilty. But I have chosen another verdict instead. And not only I change the verdict, I change your status. Mm. Mm. My God. You see, when you understand that it is by the grace of God that you stand where you stand, that you are who you are, you will not are going to act like a spoiled baby. I know the story of a couple. It's been a long time. The first time I met with the woman, she was very broken because she discovered something about her spouse that she did not ever, ever imagined. And I'll pass on whatever thing she discovered because no need to speak of the downfall of humanity. Hallelujah. It was a good enough reason for her to walk away. It was a good enough reason for her to regard him differently and for a while she did. It was a good enough reason for her to stand in front of everybody and nobody will say you're guilty because mm -mm, that was not right. As I spoke to, to her the very first time, she came to talk to me about what she discovered. In her brokenness, she told me, I can do this. Hallelujah. I can do this. I remember at that time, I only had two children. And I was expecting my third one. And I sat down and I thought of myself. I'm like, Lord, if something was to happen to me in that sense, would I pick up these kids and walk away? I remember talking to that woman about God's grace. And I don't even think then I understood what I know now about the grace of God. Talk to her about God's grace. Talk to her about the fact that her husband deserved a guilty sentence because he was guilty. And the husband did not even deny he, he knew he was guilty. I remember my husband and I spent, they came to our house about around 4 p.m. Until 3 a.m. we were still in my living room. Discussing, talking. And at some point, I told the woman, let's talk about the grace of God. Let's talk about grace. We had time where sat alone with her, my husband with her husband, and came back together. Mm -mm. 
it was tough. When I start talking about grace, I told the person, all of us in the sight of God, we were guilty. Because we are. Because we are. We are guilty because we deserved a guilty sentence or to, 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 to be put to death, put to prison. That people will walk away from us because we're guilty. And I told her that grace chose not to walk away from us. But grace chose to walk into our mess. Mm. Maybe some of you, you understand this tomorrow morning. She had all good reasons to walk away. Jesus had good reasons to walk away from us. We were guilty. We were filthy. We were dirty. We were adulterous. We were cheaters. We, 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 we were liars. We, 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 we were bad. But he chose not to walk away. You know what Jesus did? He walked in. Mm -mm. You're not getting it. That means that instead of running away from us, you see, when somebody is dirty, what is your first reaction is to stay away. Hallelujah. But in the mud where we were, he walked in to come to save us. This is what grace did. I told the woman today, if you look at your spouse from a distance, you will only point finger toward him and he will not find mercy in your sight. I suggest that you go with him in his problem. You go before God with him in his issue. She said, I never thought about this way. I am like, because as long as you look at him from far, you will not find the grace and the ability, the compassion to forgive give him but if you walk in his filth and in his guilt and stay you know what I am willing to come before God and say Lord together we have sinned and we need you hallelujah this is what grace is this is what grace did for us Jesus Christ came and identified himself with us he did not point fingers but he came to take our place so I am surprised people of God that we walk around so entitled uh, as if God owed us to forgive us. No, no, no. It is by grace that he forgave. Uh, and then I turn to the husband and say, uh, you know, you should never abuse grace uh, because this woman could walk away, uh, but she walked in uh, and accepted you with your weakness uh, because she wants to help you. Uh, so don't walk and speak entitled. Uh, no, that's the role. Uh, she just needs to submit meter. I am like, yes, she has, uh, but she thought she was submitting to a holy man, uh, to somebody who messes up. Uh, so I suggest you don't put pride into it, uh, but you put humility to work uh, so you can experience the mercy of God. Uh, I don't know if somebody's understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, sometimes we are too proudful to see that grace had taken us from a place of nowhere to make us someplace, to make you a somebody. And give you the example of that couple is simply because sometimes in pride, people will say, well, things happen and so what? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
I told the woman of God, I told her, suffering is not a failure. It's an opportunity to see God's grace. So we cannot boast about anything we are or anything we have. People of God, sometimes we are too entitled. We think God owes us. Let me just give you a good news. He does not owe you anything. You owe him everything. Everything we are, everything we have, we have gotten it by grace and by grace alone. Let me tell you, if the possessions of men could keep people, could keep life, rich people would not be in the graves. Hallelujah. Rich people would not grow old or have wrinkles. <laughs> Every opportunity that God has given us to show us grace will need to humble us. We need to humble us to understand that who we are, it is by God's grace and by God's grace alone. Sometimes we come with a uh, we need to feel in control along with our talents and our good works and our foolproof plans. I always have a plan for something and we think that our plans are sustaining us. No, no. You can have all the plans you want. You can have all the strategies you want for life. Hallelujah. Nowadays, uh, there's too many master classes out there. Too many motivational speakers. Like every day I turn on my social media, another person I know now they're motivation speakers. Everybody's doing it. Master class for this, master class for that. It's wonderful. And I, I love it. It's, I, I'm, people are being empowered for sure. But let me tell you, there are times where God will put you down with nothing left so that you can, in your desperation, have enough grace to stop. To come to God and say, Lord, I am nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. There is no empowerment that supersedes the grace of God. Nobody can ever motivate me enough better than the grace of God. Is my motivation for the great expectations I have. Grace made me who I am. And some people who despise the grace of God... They just don't know that grace has been sustaining them. One last thing I would like to share today, and I'm going to let you go. Why do people struggle with grace? Why do Christians struggle with grace? One third reason, I believe, because the church has not always been the best place to find grace. And I know I'm getting in trouble with some people in saying this. Come on, you're the pastor of a church. How can you say that? Let me tell you. People struggle to understand grace because unfortunately, the church is not always where we display grace. The church should be a place where we find inclusion, forgiveness, compassion, love without hypocrisy. Openness. The creation of meaningful relationships. But instead, instead of grace, we are too busy judging, too busy pointing fingers, too busy uh, uh, misunderstanding each other, too busy competing, too busy having our own crusades of achieving I don't know what. 
if the church can be the church of God, the church where Jesus Christ is lifted, where the person of God is living through us, people of God, people will have a better understanding of what grace is. There are things, the Bible said that we are a letter, we are the scripture. There are people who never read the Bible, people who never understand the grace of God, but the way you treat them, you can, you can impart grace, you can declare grace, you can express grace. Hallelujah. How would people know that God is good if we are no good? How would people know that God is merciful if we cannot show mercy? How would people go that God is a compassionate God if we do not show compassion? Why would the people come to the God you say is a God of grace where you cannot walk in the grace? Hallelujah. Why would people believe in your God if you cannot show them who your God is? Why would people believe in what you say if your words don't carry grace? Why would people do the things you do because your actions don't show grace? Why people come and sing our songs? If after we sing the songs, we criticize each other. I feel bad that the church has not always been the best place to find grace. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. People struggle with church even today. They struggle with Christianity. Not because they don't want God or they don't love God. Because we did not show them God. We talk of the God, God's grace as something they need to come to get. Not as the person they needed to come to encounter. May the Lord give us the grace to exit our own stories and bondages and misconceived ideas, judgmental thoughts, bad attitude, that we can start displaying the grace of God. A lot of people will not give grace a chance because we did not show that grace lived in us. I'm going to have to end and close this today. I would say that the uh, journey of life and nowadays is full of scars, hurt, rejection, racism, sexism, who's poor, who's rich, who's strong, who's weak. All these things are part of our everyday life but I would pray that the Christian journey the journey of a child of God will be paved by the grace of God that people will emerge from their hurt and find grace in the house of God that people will come to discover who God is because of how we live the choices we make but if we abuse God's grace, how can we bring people to the Lord? If we overlook the person of grace, how can we change this world for the better? During our youth conference, we, we talked about 
the world awaiting the revelation of the sons of God. Who are these sons of God? What's so different about them? What is different about them? They carry grace within them. This is what the world needs. The world has money. The world has wealth. The world has their own solution for their own little problems. But the true solution comes from God. And it's given to us by grace. By God's grace. I know I have opened a lot of can of worms today. People are going to have very much fun this week in our life groups. And if you don't have a life group, you don't belong to one, or you just joined us online and we say, what is all these life groups they're talking about? A place to deepen your knowledge of the word of God, a place to express yourself and encounter grace. I suggest you, you, you make your way. We have our information Send in a message, you will receive a link to our Zoom. You can be linked to a life group. Grace is not a conversation we have to have. It's a God we have to encounter. It's Jesus we have to live with, by him. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, Timothy chapter 2 and at Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 and say, be strong in the grace of God. Be strong in the grace of God. I pray today, people of God, that you don't have a iffy understanding of God's grace. And if what I said today puzzled you a little bit more, it's an opportunity for you to deepen your knowledge and your desire to know him. From everything I said today, the simplest way to understand my message today is that we struggle with grace because we have not truly, truly understand, understood who Jesus is and all that he is, all that he is. Many of us, we have the knowledge of what he can do for us. But I pray that we move to the knowledge of who he is to us and for us. The culmination of grace was completed at the cross. We cannot talk about the grace of God if we cannot talk about the cross of Jesus Christ. Because there, grace was made perfect. There, you have been made perfect. Then, after the cross, we can say, I am who I am by God's grace. Because before that, we were not. We were nothing. It is after the cross that we can claim that we are heirs of the kingdom. Before that, we were nothing. It is after the cross that I can say, the curses of my family are broken. Before that, we were cursed. Hallelujah. It is after the cross that the poor will say, I am rich. That the weak will say, I am strong. It is after the cross. I pray that you stop struggling with grace and accept the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And 
what he came to do into our lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you for your goodness and your faithfulness. My God, I uh, cannot even pretend to grasp everything that needs to be understood, grasp about grace, but I know I need you, Jesus. And I know I found grace when I found you. Or I would say when you found me. When you found me. Oh, Lord. I thank you for grace. Because without it, I would have been lost. I would have been broken. I wouldn't be standing where I stand today. My God, I acknowledge that it is by your grace and by your grace alone that we are who we are. And I cannot envision, env envision the future without you, my God. So I say, Lord, today and forevermore, I need you. I acknowledge you. And I bow my heart and my mind to you, Lord. I pray for somebody who's been struggling in the Christian life, in the Christian walk. I pray, my God, that they encounter you. Pray for somebody who's been asking themselves for what I have done, the things that I've been through. Did I lose salvation? Did I fall off grace? My God, I pray that they encounter you because you bring solutions and you bring answers to our questions. I pray for those who were entitled and thought the way they had it all together. They felt comfortable in the Christianity and they almost became entitled as if every morning you owe them what they ask of you. Or they, you owe them life. You owe them a reputation. You owe them things. My God, we're sorry for the things we've done, things we've thought, the things we presumed. My God, and not thinking and knowing that we have to be humble enough to accept that grace picked us from wherever we were. Sat us among the great, even just among the living. But the grace of God, my God, we are not entitled, but we owe you praise every single day because I can't believe such a wonderful God will pay attention to people like us. I thank you for grace. I thank you for grace. And today, my God, those who are hurting in me, among us, my God, let them be strengthened by the grace of God. My God, those who are struggling into their heart for different reasons, may they find strength in the grace that is in our Lord Jesus. The grace that is in our Lord Jesus. Maybe somebody who was confused in their heart and mind. May they find, my God, strength for their mind. Strength for their body. Healing and restoration by the grace that is in our Lord Jesus. We thank you for grace. My God, I pray that every family that is struggling will be strengthened in the grace of God. Every marriage that is struggling be strengthened in the grace of God. Every parenting thing that is going wrong, my God, may it be strengthened by the grace of God. Our students who are back to school, my God and my King, in these challenging times, in these changing times, my God, may they be strengthened by the grace of God. Yes, Yahweh, for everything we are going through, Lord, we say, may your grace strengthen us. May we find strength in your grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless you, Lord, for this wonderful time. And I bless your people as the Spirit of God continue to speak to their hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus, the unfailing love of God, the power and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. We love you dearly. And I'm praying that you don't struggle with grace, but that you find grace in Jesus' name. Amen. It has been such a joy sharing the word of God with you today. I pray that you experience the power of God through his word. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please consider making a donation to ensure that the word of God continues to be made available to our enrichment. Thank you for listening.